Welcome to the NLP View with your host, Donna Blinston. Each week, Donna will explore how the techniques of NLP can help improve your personal and professional life. And now, here's your host, Donna Blinston. Hello and welcome, everyone, to the NLP View radio show. My name is Donna Blinston. On today's show, I am joined by Tim and Chris Holbum, creators of the Dynamic Spin Release, a technique that allows users to release their negative thought patterns, limiting beliefs, and physical pain in a matter of minutes. Dynamic Spin Release is a revolutionary approach and adaption to NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. NLP is an applied psychology which focuses on the language used by the individual and how, they, how their choice of words affects their body and behavior. By listening to what a person says and becoming curious about what they actually mean and how they represent that to themselves, we can travel further into understanding what they are actually experiencing, understanding what must be happening for that individual to be experiencing what they're experiencing and behaving in the way they are. Dynamic spin release was developed by that very same curiosity, which led to the discovery of how problem states seem to spin in one direction and that positive states spin in the opposite way. Chris and Tim also noticed that if you made a problem state spin in the opposite direction, then the problem disappeared. So I'd like to welcome to the show Tim and Chris Holman. Hello, Tim. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very well. And how are you both? Um, We're excited to be interviewed by you, so thank you for inviting us. We're delighted to be here. Wonderful. I am very, very grateful that you've joined me today. I'm sure all of our audience are. There's been a lot of questions and a lot of um, curiosity into the technique and questions that have come through, which we'll we'll go through on the interview. I wanted to thank you from my own personal side because I'm very passionate about NLP. I've heard about Dynamic Spin Release before. I know it's been around now that I find for five years, and it's, I guess, I love linguistics. I love listening and working within people's, their own reality, using metaphors and um, how they represent things for themselves. And I think it's a very elegant technique that's very respectful for the person. So for me, creating the technique in itself is a big thank you. And for joining me to share with our audience how you came about it, how it can be used and how it can benefit our audience is, well, it's wonderful. Excellent. So, would you mind telling us, um, or if I start with yourself, Chris, a bit about yourself and your background? Okay. Um, I uh, was originally studying to become a uh, psychologist at the university I attended. This was back in the mid-1980s, and my dream was to become a clinical psychologist. And then about... My senior year in in college, I was 20 years old, and the year was uh, 1987, and I found out about this really exciting new uh, technology for working with people called NLP. And so instead of uh, becoming a clinical psychologist, I decided to pursue a career in NLP, and that was about 26 years ago, and I got really lucky because I... um, as soon as I graduated with my degree in psychology, I met Tim two weeks later, and uh, he offered me a job. He had an NLP institute, and so we've been we've been working together now for almost 25 years. Wow. And I guess 
Um, and Tim, would you mind sharing our audience a bit about you and your background? Yeah, my background originally is uh, I was trained as a psychotherapist, and I got into doing workshops, and I was teaching people how to deal with stress and stress-related issues. And I remember I was doing a training for the at the University of Utah and for a group of health faculty, and on break, somebody came up and said, you're visual. This was about 1980. And I said, oh, yeah, how do you know that? And she said, well, you keep looking up. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So I uh, began to investigate NLP and became immersed in it and have been involved ever since. I've especially worked in the area of NLP and health, but also in the area of NLP and um, how you create your experience in reality. I've co-written a number of NLP books, like NLP, The New Technology of Achievement, and Beliefs, Pathway to Health and Well-Being, and Innovations in NLP. And so uh, NLP has been basically my the bulk of my career. What What brought you into the, well, I guess the journey of NLP? What made you decide that that was uh, definitely the way you're going to you're going to go? Ah, um, because when this woman said, "You you must you you must be visual," the the rest of the story is she gave me a manuscript that was an unpublished uh, was the unpublished version of NLP Volume One, and so I began to read that and I became fascinated with it, and I thought this might be something that actually works consistently. So as I investigated it, I. Uh, decided to go and one of the very first practitioner trainings was happening and uh, I went to that with Stephen Connie Ray Andreas and John Grinder and then became close friends with Robert Diltz and he and I have collaborated on all kinds of things since then. And for me, I uh, when I was at the university I getting my degree in psychology, I studied extensively Freudian psychology and gestalt therapy and behavioralism mm. and um, union psychology, all these different forms, and decided I wanted to go into cognitive psychology. Um, but I had a, a professor who uh, started teaching NLP, and it became really clear to me immediately that the NLP techniques that he was teaching, like the Godiva chocolate pattern, for example, worked so much more effectively than, than anything that I learned from the, the teachings of uh Freud or B.F. Skinner that, I mean, it it only took me a very short time to realize I wanted to pursue a career in NLP because I knew I could make the most impact. And so like Tim, I made it, it's been my career, my whole adult life. I've also co-authored a couple of NLP books and we were fortunate in our career that we um, have been connected with a lot of the, the developers in the field and the leaders in the field. And I think the other thing that really attracted me was that NLP is empirical, that you can test it in experience. And having been trained in a lot of other things, you know, they're kind of, you do a piece of work, then you cross your fingers and hope that somebody changes. And when you learn NLP and how to calibrate and uh, being able to pattern out the behavior that goes along with somebody's issue, it uh, it's really empowering as a, as a therapist or coach, and I think you can make a huge difference with that. It's doesn't exist in any other part of psychology that I'm familiar with. No, I agree. That's I think that's the most rewarding thing for me as well. It's it's seeing that, seeing the results there and then, and yeah, you know, it's, you know that it's yes, yeah, it is the transformation in front of you. Really, it's uh, very very powerful. 
and as well for the client the client that you're working with you know they've they've they come to you for that help and they're at that point where they want it and I guess it's because they they're already so committed and passionate about getting that result to me it's a gift being able to do that for them mm. so it's it's that that's the beauty of NLP for yeah. me I think but you know you can make Definitely. a difference with people huh yeah very much so so tell me where um so tell our audience should I say where did the dan- dynamic spin release come from well it was um a, a bright sunny morning in the spring of March of 2008 and I had a headache uh, and Tim and I were sitting at the table reading the paper and uh, rather than take an aspirin I asked Tim if maybe he could do some type of an NLP process with me to help me you know my headache go away and so um, he basically you know asked me you know said show me where the headache is and it was on the right side of my head and he he said okay we'll pull it out and you know this is called overlapping in NLP where you take a symptom you basically pull it out and and you know ask what do you see and make a visual representation of the the pain and so then you're getting you know the submodalities of that that's called overlapping so i pulled the pain out and the the submodality image that i got was kind of like a cartoon like red pinkish brain that was kind of throbbing but there was something different in this submodality image that I'd never seen before which is that it was literally turning it had a spin direction to it and I told Tim that that was really weird I'd never seen that um, before and the spinning motion so Tim just said well gosh why don't you just reverse the spin of it spin it backwards as fast as you can and see what happened and so I did that and um, a few minutes later, I noticed that the headache had disappeared, and I didn't really think anything of it. Uh, but then, I, uh, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching work and client work, and I noticed that when I started talking with my my clients, they were they were using a lot of spin metaphors in their language, like they were saying things like, "I have this idea that's been going round and round in my head," or one client said that he was having problems with his family and it was like a vicious cycle and when I asked him oh well gee if you were to think about it as a vicious cycle which way is it turning and he said clockwise and then I had another client that came in and he was telling me about a problem and he was twirling his foot around in a circle as he was talking about it and so I I asked him to, to stop twirling his foot and to reverse the spin of it and he couldn't he couldn't keep talking about his problem anymore. So we just started playing around with this in our practice where we'd have people take a problem, pull it out, find out the spin direction, reverse the spin of it, get it going faster and faster until whatever they were dealing with disappeared and suddenly something very, very, very interesting spontaneously started happening. And for both of us, clients would get something back, like they'd have a metaphorical representation. Or a symbol. Or a symbol. So it would kind of like, you'd spin it in the reverse direction so fast it would all fly apart. And then they'd often get kind of like a gift or a metaphor from their unconscious mind that would often be a healing metaphor. Like a rose or a treasure box or um, a rainbow or... um, A diamond ring or something that was obviously of value. And so we started having people explore what, what is that about. And... And that um, 
when you put these two things together, people could have some really dramatic responses. Really transformational, uh, you know, uh, healings. And from there, uh, Donna, we've we've created several processes and, and techniques. So there's not just one technique, but we've created all kinds of different techniques for releasing critical uh, voices or for um, beliefs or even how to find your higher purpose or work with goals. Um, so it's not just one technique, but it's a set of techniques. And what kind of, of feedback have you been getting um, from your clients with that? Um, in the, Is it immediate or are you finding that there's um, more and more shifts are happening for them over a period of time? Is um, what, what kind of feedback have you been having? Both. Both kinds. Um, what's interesting, well. <laughs> I'll give you some examples. In our practitioner training, one of our students is a, actually a fitness trainer, and she is a, a very fast but long-distance runner. And she got up, and it was early in the morning, kind of dark, and she ran down the down the street. And there was an uneven part of the sidewalk that she was on, and she tripped on it and fell down and basically... Uh, cut her hand really badly and almost cut her her little finger off. And she had to go to the emergency and have that repaired, and she could barely move it. And missed, missed the next session with our program. But So I saw her like six weeks after this happened, and she was showing me what happened, and she could barely move her finger. So I had her, I said, well, let's try this. And I had her spin it out and get the metaphors back and... Um, there's actually more to it, a little bit more to it than that. But she spun it, and suddenly she could move it, and she was very excited. And it, that was sort of a an instant experience. And often that'll happen. Yeah. Sometimes what you find with I found with chronic pain, like if somebody has a, you know, say a, a maybe they've got a chronic issue that's been going on, that you'll see it incrementally change. Yeah. So when we keynoted the Belgian conference, you know, we. Uh, I asked for a volunteer, and a woman came up, and I said, so what's your issue that you want to work on? And she said, well, I have a belief that I'm no good, and I don't deserve to have anything. And I thought, oh, boy, that's great, um, because we had this big audience there, and I wanted to demonstrate. And I thought, this is a big belief issue. I, is this going to even work? And this was when we were first starting to do it. And, and so we went ahead and did the, the basic process, and amazingly, Often, you carry on from she had that transformation. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. So often you get that. One of our, uh, we've asked a lot of people to write in and share their stories with us. And if you go on the www.dynamicspinrelease.com website, people could see all the different ways that it might be used. We've seen. You've got some videos on on your website uh, as well, which are oh, it's a beautiful video, and it also shows then the lady six weeks later and her her results and what she's experiencing. Yeah, um, that's on the www.nlpplanet.com uh, website. And I uh, worked with a woman who uh, basically when she was three years old, she was crawling around on the floor and she put a power cord in her mouth and she bit down and it nearly blew her face off, and she was burnt so bad that literally they were almost going to have to amputate her tongue. Um, but she got to keep her tongue and had to have about 30 plastic surgeries as a result of it. And 
So when when she came to me, I couldn't tell that she had an accident, but we worked with the belief that, you know, it wasn't safe to speak or to to say what's on your your mind. And of course, it's because she got so much ridicule as a kid from all of the, you know, deformities from the accident. And so we worked on that. And I mean, literally, that's where we got our tagline that you can release a, a belief in less than eight minutes because I I worked with her and it actually took about seven minutes to go through the process and she uh, contacted me about a month later and and said that her whole life was different and she'd been working on this for 30 years and it was the first time she was able to completely let go of the emotional trauma around that um, accident. And we hear a lot of stories like this. Tim and I have had the good fortune of not only being able to do this work in our private practice with our clients, but we've also been able to teach our um, two-day dynamic spin class throughout Europe and Australia and Mexico and Canada and the U.S. And in April, we'll be teaching it in Japan. And so we we teach it to other people, and they go out and do it. And the stories we hear are remarkable, especially the ones from parents working with children. And we've had parents that have done this um, with children as young as three or four years old, and we found that that the children learn it so easily that they just start spontaneously um, doing it with themselves. And so that's another exciting aspect of this work. I can see it work. I can see it working with everybody, but particularly with children, because I guess there's for children there's no question or resistance around anything. No. They 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 will just do whatever it is you say it say that's happening because it, it's real and it is there. There's there's no um there's no question. There's, the conscious mind doesn't get in the way. It's uh, it's just done. Yeah. With children. And I've right. done really powerful belief. I had a little girl who um had a belief that she wasn't smart and she couldn't read. She oh, bless her. was 11 years old and she was in a special uh, reading class, and so we we did some of the dynamic spin around that belief, and her mother called me up two weeks later, and apparently the little girl, just all on her own, marched herself down to the school counselor's um, office and basically told them that she could read and pulled out a book and started reading it really coherently, and so they literally that day they pulled her out of her um, special reading classes and put her in a normal reading class. And so I just, and I could I could tell you a lot more stories about kids, but it, it, to me it's so neat because, you know, our limiting beliefs and our identity and who we are is formed, you know, starts forming as children. And sometimes we have mm-hmm. traumatic experiences and they happen over and over and they get generalized into beliefs and they can cause trouble later in life. And What's so neat is if you're a child and every time you have something happen that you feel bad about, if you learn how to just spin that out, then you're going to be keeping a lot of, you know, limiting beliefs from developing and have a much better life. So I love that we can do this with kids. Just to add to that, with children, you know, you think about so many NLP processes are, are, at least some of them are cognitive, and you you can't really go to a six-year-old and say, well, drop inside and identify which resource you want, blah, blah, blah. You have to make mm-hmm. it simple. And this this sort of fits with our natural way of thinking metaphorically. And I think that's part of the reason it's so easy for children. 
Yes, I could. I can see how it would work as well with children that are suffering from something within the autistic spectrum, especially the children that are suffering from the the videos and the the scenes that they're seeing um, that are flashing around them really quickly. Being able to reverse that yeah. should, in theory, should help them control the state they're in and get that that sense of peace that they're often. So a lot of the time, the reason why an autistic child is so busy and destructive, sometimes because they've got multiple um, visions going on, multiple videos, if you like, well, be multiple screenshots going on all at once. It'd be interesting to try it with an autistic child. We haven't done that. Yeah. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And I guess for anybody, I know um, I used to suffer from dyslexia as a child, or very much always told that I was dyslexic as a child. Whereas um, that is a belief that has now transformed. I do remember as being young when words used to move around on the page. Mm. So again, I can see that with the, the learning, being able to slow it down, especially the beliefs around it, because it came to part, especially if I needed to do um, a presentation or to read something out loud, not only were the words moving around, but the whole page was spinning. Mm. Not something that I was aware of until I've started thinking about it right now. But it did. The page would start spinning. And then within that spin would then be my belief, if I can't do this, it's not going to happen, the anxiety and every other emotion that would run around and gather with it until it got so much momentum that I would run away. Wow. Interesting Which I guess is a reality for a lot of people. Yeah, Tim Tim just said it's interesting that you, you remember it spinning. And... Anyway, I had a client just yesterday that um, I was working with, and she had kind of an emotionally traumatic childhood, and she was telling me how when she was around 11 or 12 years old and her mom would go off on one of these rages and would start screaming and, and yelling at her, and it would be like she would literally be able to tune her mom out so she didn't hear her, and then what, her mom's head would just start spinning around, and that that was the, the way that she learned to deal with that. And, and as a as a child, and it's interesting that our mind does this because if you think about it, everything in our universe spins. So it, it seems natural that our thoughts or unconscious thoughts would spin when you think that the planet Earth is spinning on its axis and the moon is going around the earth and the earth is spinning around the the sun and you take it down to even the smallest particles and elements like uh you know uh, the protons have spin to them and uh the tiniest even strings that they they think are just little spun, spinning bundles uh in string theory so it makes sense that our thoughts would spin as well does it all relate to what you, you spoke before? There's a lot through history which relates to around the quantum mechanics and quantum spin and biophysics of the brain. And all that is stuff that I guess was there throughout history. It's just not being collated in the way that you've you've created it as you've, um, I suppose, developed the technique and look back into the underpinning theory. Exactly. And there's, there's something called spin-mediated consciousness theory which proposes that during the synaptic transfer within a neuron when it's relaying information through different parts of the brain, within that synaptic 
cleft, uh, there's positive and negative ions that are being transferred through. It's, it's, it's electrical activity, and that's how our, our thoughts are created. It's that spark in, in the brain, and uh, it's been uh, presupposed that those ions, during that ionic synaptic transfer, there's literally spin within those mm-hmm. ions that are happening within the, the synaptic transfer, and so hence been mediated consciousness theory. So we're just scraping at the surface on on all of this stuff, and um, it's it's been an amazing journey for us. Yeah, we'd have to say that, you know, a lot of it's just sort of conjecture or, or metaphor, but it's certainly everything in the universe spins. It's one, one thing that I think physicists would agree on, that there is movement, and the movement often has a spin quality to it. Yes, and there's an archetypical uh, aspect to spin too. I did you know that the journey to Mecca? Do you know what the whole journey to Mecca is all about? Um, not in enough detail. What the journey to Mecca is is that the, the whole sole purpose is that you get to this square building called the Kaaba, K A A B A, and the 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 climax of the journey, if you will is that you are to walk seven times in a circle counterclockwise around this building. And so literally all these people once a year make the journey to Mecca at the same time. And it's so amazing, Donna, to watch this video of literally two million people walking counterclockwise seven times around this building. And that's where the uh, the poet Rumi when he, he was a boy, he made the journey uh, to Mecca. He walked around the building seven times. He was so inspired by this counterclockwise uh, movement of walking around the Kaaba seven times that he started spinning, and he actually started uh, the whirling dervishes. And so Rumi helped co-found that whole movement with the whirling uh, dervishes where they just spin around over and over counterclockwise. And it was after he started doing that that he started writing all of his poetry. And he directly connected that with the spinning movement of the dervishes. And by the way, dervish is Persian for door. So if you think about their whirling around, it's whirling doors, and the belief is is that you're opening yourself up to these really ecstatic states of of consciousness through the spinning movement. Wow. Chris, Tim, I would love to speak to you even more about this, and I'm sure our audience will be asking me to invite you back to find out more. But for now, our half an hour is flying round, and I really want to make sure that our audience gets to find out where they can buy your books, um, your website details, how they can contact you, and how they can find out more about the Dynamic Spin, the videos that they can watch. Um, And I believe you've got DVDs that um, you've also done about it. We do. We have some DVDs that are available. uh, It's a two-DVD set, so it's quite a bit of material, and it's like $24 plus shipping. If people go to our website, um, let me suggest they go first to our main website, which is www.nlpca, that's like nlpcalifornia.com, NLPCA. Um, they can find uh, information on Dynamics Spin. We also have a specific website on the Dynamics Spin, which is dynamicspinrelease.com. And there, there are a lot of uh, articles and 
ideas and um, ways people have used it. There's even a child's column where kids have written in of what they've done. So I think if people go there, they'll A, they can learn the basic process pretty easily and be able to do it themselves and B, uh, you know, get a lot more information about what's there. Wonderful. And thank you ever so much for joining me, Tim and Chris, today. A big, big thank you from me and on behalf of our audience. It's been a total pleasure for us, and thanks for inviting us, Donna. Thank you, Donna. You're, you're more than welcome. And thank you to all of our audience for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about NLP, then tune in each week and also visit my website, www.donnablinston.com where you'll be able to pick up a copy of my best-selling book, Psychobabble, a straightforward plain English guide to the benefits of NLP. Also, visit theorganicview.com and sign up for our newsletter, which will keep you updated with the up-and-coming shows and guests and the online workshop. The next workshop being on the 23rd of March, starting at 12 noon Eastern, 7pm Greenwich Mean Time, where we'll discuss how NLP can be used to improve your relationships, both personally and professionally, learning NLP techniques that will enable you to see events and problems from multiple perspectives and find out what is really important to you in a relationship. And once again, Tim and Chris, a big thank you for joining us and a huge congratulations for the work that you're doing and the discovery of the Dynamic Spin. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.